Also, hi everybody, and welcome to another session of Lab Automation uh, 101. Today, I'm delighted, really delighted, to have uh, the associate professor in preclinical drug discovery at the University of Uppsala in Sweden, Jordi uh, Pigver. Jordi, uh, welcome. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Alex. It's a, it's a pleasure for me to uh, to be here. Absolutely. And Jordi, I'm going to take from your uh, from your accent and from your name. I'm assuming you're from Barcelona. Originally. Yes, I'm. I'm very. I, yeah, I'm. I'm close from close by Barcelona. Yeah, it's a small village called uh, Molins de Rey. But anyway, so let's say Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. How did you end up in Sweden? <laughs> <then>? <laughs> no. So I well, I I ended up in here because uh, well, I think that uh, many of us that we we move abroad from our original homes, uh, it was obviously love. Uh, so yeah, my, my wife is Swedish. She's, she's from Uppsala. She's a pharmacist and, uh, now she's a teacher here at the university. But we, we actually met in the Netherlands where we were doing our, uh, our PhDs, uh, in the same, in the same lab in, in Leiden. Okay. Well, if there's any good reason to move, I suppose. <laughs> Going with your wife is a <laughs> Indeed, good reason, that's, that's... to be honest. Perfect. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Indeed. So, Jordi. I usually start with hmm? one same question for every guest that we have on. Um, my question usually is, you know, I ask the guest to define lab automation. Um, mm -hmm. All the guests we've had before, they've either been, you know, resellers or manufacturers of lab automation. But I'm interested from someone in academia, actually, how mm -hmm. you would define uh, lab automation? That's a good question. I think that lab automation, in the way that we see it, it's a, it's a reproducibility tool for us. So for us, lab automation, it basically, basically it implies that we can do more things, um, uh, more repetitively, repetitively, and uh, hopefully more robustly in a way, yeah. so that we can basically multitask more. Um, and that's how that's how we like to do it. Also. For us, automation means um, having autonomous systems that actually we can maybe trigger them to actually eventually uh, also think about, um, uh, you know, uh, coming up with the best next, next experiment, um, which is, I mean, we can maybe down the line in the conversation, we will talk about it a little bit. But uh, this is one of the, our ultimate goals to use automation to actually do autonomous experiments like for real. Oh, that would be, <laughs> that would be <laughs> cool, So, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons we got you on, Jordi, is because, I mean, as far as I know, the University of Uppsala is the only university, again, as far as mm -hmm. I know, maybe you'll correct me, tell me otherwise, <laughs> that offer actually a course in lab automation. Yes. Uh, and I think that's, you know, to say it in very simple terms, I think it's pretty cool <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to offer that. Uh, yeah, but I also thanks. think it's very forward thinking uh, mm -hmm. as well. Um yeah. So maybe just walk us through a little bit the course, what it entails, what it involves. Yeah, absolutely. So th there are, there are, I think there are a couple of courses at the, at the university level, both in the US and the UK. But I don't, I don't know the details, so I don't, I don't want to say anything wrong. Where, where I have seen uh, a couple of programs where students are basically exposed to to lab automation as well to a certain level. But here in Sweden, and uh, I think that in Europe, it's pretty unique. What we came up with was uh, it's a master's level course uh, where the students um, they 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 are um, they are in touch with 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 lab automation instruments uh, in order for them to gain the experience to actually what it is to uh, to perform um, a laboratory experiment using using automation. Uh, 
Right. Um, we thought about how to do this in a way that the students could get the best out of it. So there is a specific application at the end of the course, which is high throughput um, imaging and high content imaging. Uh, and the way, or the reason, one of the reasons is because where I, my background is in planetary drug discovery. So I've been using high throughput imaging, I think, I think since the beginning of my PhD and that's 10 plus years. Right. So, so then I have a, a bit of a passion for that. I think, I think the potential of the technology is huge as it has been shown before. Um, so that's why, that's why we thought that we could end up with such application. Um, this this has been challenging because you know uh, how do you give a, a lab automation course where each student has an instrument and then a microscope uh, also on top of that 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 was challenging um, but the way that we thought about the course is as follows so we wanted the students to to have an overview of what lab automation is but the challenge was how do we do it in a way that that actually the students have the chance to to even work with with lab automation, automation instruments, and what kind of instruments do we put out there? So so we actually we we thought okay, what we wanted to have is several stations. Let's say you imagine you imagine a lab, okay, and we have several stations. In each station, uh, we actually have a liquid handling instrument. This was key because we thought that you know liquid handling instruments or liquid handling basically is a key component of, of lab automation. Anything you do, any reaction, any process, any experiment will go through a liquid handling handling procedure at some point. So we thought that this was key. Um, so then we have actually five different uh, or five uh, liquid handling instruments. They're all the same. And then another component is um, what we call sample management, which would be then basically plate management because we work we work with multi-well plates. So then we incorporated one robotic arm to each of the of the liquid handling instruments. The liquid handling instruments ended up being flow robotics. So we have five flow bot one uh, from flow robotics, really nice liquid handling instruments. And then we have uh, from a small company, which I think is located in San Francisco, it's Dorna, Dorna Robotics. We have their Dorna two, uh, each of them also hooked to the to the flow bot one. And then for that, um, Richard Nistrom, uh, who was a teacher in our in our group, uh, actually designed three D uh, and three D printed the grippers for the for the Dorna. And then basically, what what the Dorna does is is to 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 move plates within the flowboard one and also from the flowboard one to the microscope. Uh, so in this way, then we cover now liquid handling instruments or liquid handling. Uh, Moving plates, right? Sample, sample, uh, sample management. And then we, we move to the microscopes. Uh, and then the microscopes. Uh, so how do we, you know, we, we couldn't buy five high throughput, um, high content automated microscopes because, you know, this would be too much, yeah. too expensive. So we teamed up with a group of, uh, Manu Prakash in, uh, Stanford. Uh, and uh, he's uh, one of his PhD students, Hong Chuan Li. Uh, he's an in- incredibly talented PhD student. Um, basically, he has a he. They came up with a framework which is called Squid, S Q I S Q U I D framework. Um, and then we built a microscope that it's actually a five fluorescent channel microscope with bright field imaging in an automated stage uh, with one objective. 
and we do automated imaging with that, which is it oh. is I think it's pretty cool. So then now we have covered everything, right? So we have liquid handling, we have uh, sample management, and then we an end an end application which is microscopy. That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty amazing. And, and, and Jordi, I think if you think back maybe ten years ago when you first started your PhD, and mm. you, you ever think that you know ten years later you'd be talking yeah. about all these things? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I've been through I've been through quite a lot of different sort of uh, during my career do, do very different things but uh, talking about um, you know instrumentation and, and technical aspects of our experiments and everything it has been always there um, and now I have had the chance to actually uh, make it happen so it's it's actually it's it's very exciting and um, it's been amazing to to show uh, and to talk about the, the course to to many people and um, I mean, in LinkedIn, of course, we we put it in there, and the, the reaction was amazing. I got I was getting, uh, you know, uh, direct messages from many people saying, "This is amazing! This is amazing! Can can we contribute? Uh, let me know if you need a teacher, or uh, you know, just let me if you let me know if you need any help, and I will help you." Yeah. Because uh, apparently, the community was really uh craving for it and and i'm very very happy about that actually i mean it's amazing you know just with advances in technology uh and and so forth and i think yeah everybody wants to to help to contribute and 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 so forth i think the community is rather small to be honest uh yeah i'm not a scientist i come a little bit from an outside industry and 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 so forth and one of the things i'm trying to encourage is is a lot more communication, a lot more, let's say, working mm. uh, together because I think it's in everyone's benefit, uh, you know, yeah. spreading the, the message about lab automation and the benefits it can have, yeah. you know, for all labs in all honesty. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And so, and so, Jordi, what, um, I guess the next question really is, why did you see the importance of launching mm. uh, such a course? Yeah, so then th- that, that is a key question. So, we, we realized, you know, we work with automation in our lab. So we, we built our own um, robotic cell uh, and we, we realized where we're using automation every day. And uh, and and no, no such course exists uh, as far as we know. And we think that it's very important for the students to actually uh, learn these things. And, and the reason is because we see automation in every life sciences field. So... With with this in mind, then you know we realized. So, we, what what if we now um, um, give the opportunity to the students to actually learn a new skill that they can use down the line their their careers, whatever careers they the career they, they they choose. I mean, if they want to stay in academia, they can use the skill because you know the neighboring labs might 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 have automation systems, and if they go to industry. They, you know, they tick the box where, you know, have you worked with uh, with uh, lab automation? Yes. So then that is beneficial for them too. So I think that uh, that um, it was very clear that we wanted to do it mainly, well, I mean, obviously we, we like automation, but also because we we saw a clear benefit for the students, of course. Well, for sure. And do you think that, Jordi, if you, if you think, let's say, outside of the university, think about the labs, let's say, mm-hmm. that uh, focus primarily on manual processes, do you think labs like that moving forward, and I don't say today, but let's moving forward in the future, that they're the, those are the type of labs that are going to be left behind while everybody else advances uh, with automation? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, you will always have the labs that they, I mean, that they they just need to do manual experiments. I mean, so, some some biological experiments and some 
physics experiments and some scientific experiments in general, they just need they need this manual touch, uh, and they cannot be automated. I mean, not not everything not everything as 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 you have discussed with other guests and and so on. Not everything can be automated, and not everything should be automated. Um, but I do think that that um, incorporation of automation for some labs is is definitely an advantage. Uh, you know, it can make you, it can allow you to to do more experiments more efficiently, um, uh, and maybe move forward a little bit faster, have better results faster, more reproducible. Um, but for some others, it it just not it just not a good uh, a good way to go. It's also a matter of resources, a matter of space, um, um, a matter a matter of personnel that they maybe they just want to you know they either they don't have the chance or the the uh, the uh, the knowledge. Or they don't want to be taught uh, automation. That can also be. Um, so I think that there will always be maybe. So maybe what might happen is that if you have now 50-50, let's say, at some point, uh, you know, the, the labs going towards automation, we go towards more than 75%. And then the, the ones that don't lose, don't use automation will be this 25%. But they will they have to be there. They have to exist because they do this, um, you know, um, more manual, more more detective work that it has to be manual. Sure. And I think historically, I think there's always been like two key barriers to automation in general. It's usually the mm-hmm. cost and complexity. Uh, yeah. And as we make more technological advances and, and, and so forth, cost is coming down and complexity yeah, exactly. is coming down. And the better systems today actually are reasonably priced uh, and very actually you know, like plug and play almost. Very yeah, exactly, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. And this has, I think this is, has, this has, Revolutionized uh, in a way lab automation, right? Because I mean, when I started when I started working with with lab automation, it was already during my PhD, uh, and we had this massive Beckman culture that that you know it was when it was installed, it was a whole thing in the faculty. You wow, look at the robot, and and it was you know it was like super huge, and um, and it was you know I don't I don't I I wasn't I I am not even aware of how that was purchased I don't know but but it was clear that it was a very specialized instrument huge um uh, and that and that it was not for, not for everybody but now 10 years later you have multiple or of of very small uh, automated instruments that you can use standalone uh and and those are affordable you can have them anywhere in the in the lab bench and then people can start actually doing experiments with small parts of automation, uh, and I think that that is key. That has um, definitely revolutionized a lot of the lab automation um, in the labs, definitely. For sure, and I think also it's opened it up to more people in the lab, also because it's yeah. simple. You don't have to have one person who's okay. No. That's my robot guy. That's the guy who's going to handle yes. everything. You know, this exactly. Is, exactly. It's a lot simpler. It widens it up. Um, exactly. Jordi, I'm interested from your perspective because we've had some discussions about um, automation and innovation mm. and, and whether you know, automation actually uh, limits the creativity mm. or whether it actually can enhance. So just from, from your perspective, I'd be curious to see where you stand on that. Yeah, I think, I think there, is a, there is a very good balance. I think that uh, I agree that, um, that, that uh, automation can sort of you know, when when a protocol is done, you 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 know you you don't want to touch it anymore. So that sort of hampers the this this tinkering with the with the with the with the protocol to try to improve it or make something new because it just takes too much time to 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 rebuild the whole protocol. But at the same time, I think that it, it's it's almost a personal choice, right? If you have a if you have a um, 
a forward-thinking mind, and you want to you want to change a protocol to make it better, to uh, to uh, maybe invent something new, a new reaction, a new way of doing things. Either if it's manual or if it's automated, you will do it. Um, yeah. But if but if, but if you are in the automation sort of let's say I don't know, maybe not in research but in work, it just works. You know, you press go, and and the robot does the does the the, the experiment for you then maybe indeed you're not looking for, you know, you don't want to get into trouble. So you just leave it as it is yeah. in a way. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Johnny, I, I'm interested to go back to what you first spoke about. Uh, we first introduced you, you, you spoke about um, autonomous uh, um, experiments. I think it was. Yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to hear a little bit more <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so before I joined the, the, the group here in the, uh, I mean, the, in the group of our, uh, pharmaceutical bioinformatics. Um, the lab was mainly computational. And then when I was recruited, then uh, the idea was to bring more cell-based assays. Um, because the, uh, and one of the reasons is because the the, the, the basically grand vision of uh, that we have is that we, ha- we want to have a closed loop uh, autonomous system that basically does experiments. And then uh, this is basically controlled by artificial intelligence and then the results are basically analyzed and and um, um, assessed by uh, by an artificial intelligence algorithm, and then uh, the experiments are basically uh, iterated in a closed loop until we find the right experiment and the right um, uh, um, result. So the we are working towards that direction. Uh, we're we're not there yet, but we do have a relatively autonomous um, robotic system. And, uh, and just sorry to interrupt you, but so what would that mean then for the lab? You know, if you're able to get to that point, well, then we will become a lot more thinkers about what we, what you know, what we, what we're looking at. So, what kind of results is the robot coming up with? Um, and I think that uh, that um, it, it will revolutionize a little bit in the way that we think about the results that we obtain. Uh, because now you know you, you you do an experiment. Sometimes you expect a certain result, so you assess it in a certain way, right? And then and then if it doesn't, and and then you want to validate it, and then you you come up with with a with a way of uh, you know an orthogonal assay or something to validate that result. Um, but I think that in in if we have a fully autonomous lab, we need to think about very carefully about what biological application we want to 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 uh, to apply it to, or what biological question we want to answer. Um, and we're thinking about drug combinations, for instance, for uh, for um, potential cancer therapies. Uh, and uh, and I think this will kind of revolutionize the way that we think about experimentation. Uh, and and I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's very difficult. We don't know. Uh, entirely how the uh, you know the whole procedure will go but um but we're very excited about it and and it sounds to me Jordi, that um actually doing something like that you know what we spoke about earlier actually helps and enhances innovation because you have a little bit more yeah. well in reality because you have more thinking time and the more yes. time you have to think about it yeah. the more creative and innovative you can be subsequently yeah you're right you're right and absolutely and also because w- you know, when if we really if we if we really want to have an autom an autonomous system, we also need to think very carefully how we're going to handle everything that the the, the system does, and that is basically pure innovation because we don't know how that is going to be. 
Um, so we will have to think about new ways of dealing with the data and new ways of uh, of uh, interpreting what the robot is telling us um, and uh, and new ways of applying the knowledge that we actually obtain from such experiments. And, and that definitely will drive, I'm absolutely certain, it will drive innovation forward, for sure. That's really interesting. Um, and, and Jordan, I think my final question really is, is, is um, along the lines of other academic institutions, other universities mm-hmm. and so forth. What do we have to do or what can be done to encourage them also to take the steps that the University of Uppsala has, has taken with this course? Mm-hmm. I think that, it, that we need to make sure that, uh, that everybody understands how important this is, I think. Uh, I think that... Um, I mean, it is very difficult to to uh, uh, to convince um, universities just to 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 come up with a new course because it's also it's also a matter of cost, yeah. uh, and that that's something that we need to you know we need to be clear about that it's not easy, and also for certain universities it's also not um, it's just not easy to 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 uh, to change a comp- completely change a program and then incorporate a new a new uh, a new course. But I think at uh, I think at Maybe, maybe us, you know, we are the, the first ones and hopefully the word, you know, will spread and then other, other universities will embrace it. But I think that, uh, what is very important is that, um, whoever is making the decisions needs to see, they need to see the benefit of, uh, of yeah. such a course. Um, and I think it, I think that, uh, that it will happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, and, and I think that also, well, one of the things that, that, might have sparked also these ideas in our cases that we are very close to, uh, you know, in Sweden, in Sweden, there is a lot of innovation. There is a lot of uh, life science. We are part of something called the Science for Life Laboratories as well, Science Life Lab, um, and, and which is basically a conglomerate of, of um, uh, life science infrastructure and research groups. And there is a lot of technology and a lot of uh, technology development um, and lab automation. So this basically is the perfect niche to to have also these kind of uh, courses. So it might be that we are a bit of an outlier in a way, um, but I do think that uh, if universities embrace the fact that, you know, in life technologies, automation is basically everywhere uh, and, and there are very, very powerful life, life sciences uh, programs around Europe and around the world, as long as they embrace this, as long as they they realize that this is important, I think it it, it they they will see it. It will happen. It will happen. I mean, I, I think most universities, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but they typically respond to the. I mean, really, I would I'm going to say to the, to the needs of business to mm-hmm. an extent. So you know, as lab automation, I think you know, as the adoption rates go up, as more people start using it, they usually then is, yeah. is pressure then on 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 the universities. Not only the universities, I think even like. The high schools, you know, so to, to get people yeah. excited about life sciences and, and, and so forth. And I actually really believe that lab automation can make your work a little bit more exciting even because, you know, you, you're getting mm. rid of maybe all the boring stuff you don't have to do. You can, you know, you're a talented yeah. person. You've gone to this business, you know, into yeah. this field for a reason because of your love of science. Exactly. You know, you want to be innovative. You want to be creative. You don't want to be doing the tedious stuff necessarily, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you should see, yeah, you should see the students. I mean, they they, they were so excited when they saw the, all the instruments and, you know, they were moving and they were, and, and you know, and they they, they immediately started uh, playing with the with the software and they 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 got it like super quick and, and they were very, very excited. And I, I agree. I think that 
in these modern times, right, where where you know everything is digital and everything is technological, uh, I think it just it's just the way to go, uh, really. And because you're right, because we do. To be honest, everything else that we do, we are using in you know all this uh, yes. technology and so forth. If you think about it, exactly, but, uh, exactly. Jordi, I, I really thank you very much. It was a lovely chat. Uh, I really appreciate your time and uh, thanks so much. You a, a lot of success with your course. I'm sure thank it's a you. great success, but even more success, and, and I'm sure it will continue to uh, to grow. And uh, I think hopefully we'll be able to check in with you uh, in the future. I'm really interested to see the autonomous loop, how it absolutely how it along. That would be pretty interesting. Yes, <laughs> anytime, anytime. It was a pleasure. Uh, um, I, I really enjoyed talking about this and. Uh, Having a conversation with you, Alex, that was uh, 